You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today is Tuesday, April 6th, and this is the Project the Play podcast. First time that us two, me and betting czar Peter Apple, are talking about uh, things from a reactionary standpoint, right? You and Dustin Demeter did it after opening day. I was MIA on that. That was a great, exhaustive check on opening day that you and Dustin did, but I I think I have to refer to you now as TikTok gambling star Peter Apple. How's that going? TikTok gambling star Peter Apple is going about as well as I could have hoped at this point. You know, there's always the problem with, oh no, I think I know a lot about baseball, but once I start actually registering the bets and putting them online for everybody to see, is my record going to be really bad? But right now we're six and six on the year. We pick three picks every single day, which you can see on TikTok at Project the Plate. Instagram at project the plate and my Twitter, which is at Peter Apple 23. We're coming with out with those every single morning. And it's just so much fun. I, I, I don't like to say that I don't care if people watch it, but I hope people watch it. And I hope people, you know, tune in, but it's just so much fun for me to do just to do my research in the morning and look at all of these different games. And we're six and six, 50%. We hope to be better, but we hope to not be worse. So you know, we're doing okay. I'll take six and six. I really will. Like that's fine. As long as you are picking some intriguing matchups and not overwhelming favorites, like you're sticking around, you're sticking mostly around spreads and over unders, which are kind of, you know, take either side at minus minus one ten or so. Exactly. We don't do any odds over minus one seventy. So I'm not giving you a Yankees money line when they're facing the Orioles and they're minus two fifty or uh, some other money line like that. We stick with good bets that we think you can actually bet on with good value. That's the most important thing. We're looking for the best value. It's not always, hey, the Dodgers are playing the Giants today. The Dodgers are probably going to win. No, let's, like a bet I just hit, let's hit Cardinals when they were a plus 110 money line, and we hit that bet. So those are the kind of bets I'm giving out. I hate that you slandered the Baltimore Orioles just I now. Have to. The, but the they're 3-0. and <laughs> They're 3-0, and Baltimore Orioles. Uh, we've got a good pod today, quick pod. We'll keep them quick, usually 20 to 25 minutes. We will wrap up with um, something I saw from Peter, which is great. We've hit the breakfast conspiracy and the Rat King phenomenon so far. So 
we will uh, we'll get to that. But first, we've got a couple of takeaways. Each of us have three from the opening weekend of Major League Baseball. The one that we share, I want to hit right away because this is what took Twitter by storm. This is what took everybody in the baseball world by storm. It happened in front of a national audience on Sunday Night Baseball. Shohei Otani hit second. He threw five innings. And he might not have gotten the decision, and we can get into the whole decision concept later, but this dude hits a 451-foot home run in the first inning after he, you know, hits 101 on the radar gun in the top of the first. Like, this guy is can't-miss television. He's can't-miss. But I do have some, I have some reserves with Otani that I'll get into. So with Otani, a big takeaway. I mean, it's the first time a player has started on the mound and in the number two spot in the lineup since 1903. We don't see this. We'll see this once a century, apparently. And like you said, hardest hit ball at 115.6 miles an hour ended up being a 451-foot home run off Dylan Cease. And the hardest he threw a ball was 101 miles an hour. Just for context... 115.6 miles an hour is the fastest ball hit this year and is faster than guys like Aaron Judge, faster than Giancarlo Stanton. So not only is he showing the 80-grade power that we like to see, but he's also throwing the fastest pitch recorded this year at 101 miles an hour. And like I said, his arm was on full display. He recorded nine pitches over 100 miles an hour on the mound. And what's crazy about that is it's not the Otani that we've seen do that consistently, right? He's only thrown seven balls over 100 miles an hour in his whole career to date. So to throw nine in his first outing shows that his arm is is healthier than ever. Right. And, and everyone's talking about the fastball. Can we talk about the 92.6 mile an hour splitter? Oh my God. To Luis Roberts and, and another 92 mile an hour splitter to Yerman Mercedes, who is a freak, by the way, starting the season eight for eight. And then the next at bat, Shoei Otani, it's a 110 mile an hour single into center field. That kind of goes unnoticed, but there's another 110 mile an hour hit. And something that happened after the outing after all the noise about the first couple innings Otani got hurt a little bit there was a freak play on this pass ball where Otani fields his position at home right and then he gets launched in the air after falling really hard on the ground after a drop third strike which is of course the greatest rule especially when you're gambling and it's it's four to three ball game and you're about to close it out and they drop the third strike and they get a runner on base and you're just you get nervous you get nervous real quick People are mad that Joe Madden is keeping him in for so long, but Joe Madden touched on this, which I don't know if a lot of people heard. He was explaining that Otani has to be that guy in the situation. We've seen guys like Scherzer, guys like Strasburg, Garrett Cole, DeGrom, the best pitchers in baseball. They may get the extra inning or two because they have to, they have to prove it within themselves. That's a baseball moment. And I think Joe Madden was kind of giving that to Otani in a way. So it's hit or miss. Do you, do you take him out and say, screw that? We, we need to lower his pitch count? Or do we say, you know, this is the guy? Mike Sosha was a fantastic manager. Really good. He, he wasn't going to get the Angels over the hump, right? Why yeah. do you bring in Joe Madden? Why do you get maybe the most notable name you could possibly have in a dugout? 
Joe Madden is the manager that can get you to that hump to winning in October and maybe get Mike Trout his first ring. So what do you need? You need a frontline bona fide stud that can get out of shit when he gets into it. Yeah. And I agree. It was less about the win. That's not what that was at all. And Twitter will be quick to assume that it was about the win. Just like Twitter was quick to annihilate Marley Rivera for asking Clint Frazier if he was a good left fielder. <laughs> like that was pretty funny though. So stupid taking that out of context. Like she yeah. is so good at her job and you think, oh, she's asking this dumb of a question. There's a point, right? Are There's we always a are we expecting consistency from Twitter? No, no. I, I don't get anything from Twitter. Um, the thing is, you have to understand that Joe Madden is a lot better than trying to keep a, a struggling pitcher on the mound to try and get him a win. That's not what's happening there at all. At all. What's happening there is that seasoning, because when you get to late September, early October, and the end of the fifth matters, and the sixth matters, and maybe the seventh matters, they want Shohei Otani, who is a generational pitcher on the mound. He just so happens to be a generational hitter as well, and he can do both at such a high level. I want to take us into this clip that I love. I think it's from 2019. The R2C2 podcast hosted by Ryan Rucco and CC Sabathia had Justin Upton on. Upton, of course, teammate with Otani in Anaheim when Otani came over from Japan. And this is what Upton and CC had to say about this guy. His tools are like silly. Yeah. When, when I saw him in spring training the first time, he had stupid thump. Like you're taking BP with him. <laughs> stupid thump, dude. I keep saying this and people always laugh when I say it. He the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Are you kidding me? Motherfucker can hit a ball 900 feet and throw 99 <laughs> off the mound. Yeah. Like who else who can, else do, can that? do it? Who's who done else it? is doing that, bro? It's an excellent player. Like there, no, there's nobody else doing that at the That's big true. league level. The best player CC has ever seen in terms of talent it's it's not surprising to me i mean the guy you can't find anyone on the planet right now any single person on the planet who can throw over 100 miles an hour consistently and can hit the type of home runs and show the type of speed that otani can show which goes a little bit underrated that he's he's up there in sprint speeds with some of the fastest players in baseball but my thing with Otani is I always just think if we could move him, if the Angels can move him to a back-end bullpen role, if they could get him in the eighth and ninth inning, if you can play him the first seven or eight innings in the outfield, let him concentrate on the bat, let him really build momentum there, and then imagine him pumping 101 from the closer spot. He could dominate the back end of the bullpen while also hitting every day, keeping him more healthy. What do you think about that? Do you think, or do you think I'm underselling maybe how great of a starter he could be? I think you might be underselling that a smidge. I also think what could be happening is you're not looking at the angels as a whole because the angels rotation needs Shohei needs time. Him. I know, right? The bullpen needs him too, but the rotation has more ammo coming through the system. Reed Detmers is on his way. There are a couple more guys that are on their way to, you know, kind of provide that fire hose that the rotation needs because it's just not that good, right? Yeah. Who you got? Bundy, Heaney, Otani. After that, like, ugh, it's, right? it's funny though. Bundy actually looked pretty good and Heaney was up to 93, 95 and he was locating, 
But I agree with you. The rotation is definitely lacking and, and what could still definitely keep them out of the playoffs. Right. So what when reinforcements come, you you get that feeling that maybe Joe Madden will experiment with Shohei Otani. Maybe Otani is more willing to experiment with himself. But that's enough of Otani today. I want to take you to my first takeaway from this opening weekend. And honestly, it was pleasant surprises. And I've got two that I want to point to. John Means may actually be an ace. Seven innings, one hit, five strikeouts, no walks, no runs. Uh, Means might be an ace, or the Red Sox might just suck this year. <laughs> and then my other pleasant surprise was uh, Kansas City leading the way with leading the way with a 983 OPS. That's 20 points better than any other team through the opening weekend. So Kansas City with the offense and John Means at the front of that Baltimore rotation. I'm done with the Orioles slander. That's the second time I've said it on this pod. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna brag for us, but I am going to brag for us. We do have Kansas City kind of being our team this year. We do really like them. They're a good young team full of hitting, like you said, and they have a lot of good young pitchers in the pipeline. Yep. So let's move on to my second takeaway. Um Gary Sanchez. <sighs> Gary Sanchez, huh? What do we do? Because Yes, he, he, he actually hit very well this weekend. He had two big home runs for the Yankees. And right now the Yankees offense is puttering, so he's definitely the best hitter. I think he has a 349 WRC+, plus, which is a big stat to say 100 is average. So he's 249% better than the other catchers. Small sample size. Very small sample size, probably two, two, two games. <laughs> Three games. But... He's not a good defender, and he ha- it doesn't look like he improved on it either. Because as he's tied for the league and league 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 lead, excuse me, in home runs, he's also leading the league in errors already. He already has two, and I'm watching the games too. It's not just the pass balls. It's not the errant throws. It's he cannot frame that low pitch, Jack. He cannot sit there and every single ball that's at the bottom of the strike zone, his glove falters. He's always on a knee when he's catching. He doesn't look athletic back there. He's an amazing hitter, but I point back to the stat that him and Garrett Cole have a 3.91 ERA together. There is a real problem with his defense. But then again, he's such a good hitter. And if he can come back to that Gary Sanchez who hits 30 home runs and could hit between at least 230 to 240, it's a top five catcher in baseball. But I also wanted to, there was one more player before before you touch on Gary Sanchez that I wanted to mention. Julian Merriweather. Oh my God. The reliever for the Blue Jays. Looks like Nolan Ryan. (laughs) Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, dude. He was sitting 99 to 100 with a nasty changeup and a break, breaking slider. He, he he was one of the more impressive relievers that I ever – it was almost like if Nick Anderson gained some miles an hour. And, and he just comes out of nowhere. I don't know where these 29-year-old relievers are coming from. He only pitched last year for a handful of innings, and then now he's one of the best relievers in baseball, it looks like. It was, it was it's coming from being pissed off in the minors or being pissed off in the middle of a bullpen. And it's like, what do I need to do to get paid? And then they're like, oh, I got a pitch pissed off. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, 
So Gary, I agree. If he figures something out defensively and it doesn't even have to be all of it. If he figures just a teensy bit out defensively, he immediately catapults into a thin position in major league baseball right now. Yep. He could be a top five catcher in major league baseball. You could argue that he still is top 10 because of the bat alone, but he's also a top 10 DH in baseball. If he moves there and Giancarlo's the DH, right? Exactly. There's not space for him there. Good news is he's in the American League, and I'm sure that Aaron Boone is a smart enough guy to, to work that around, and maybe Giancarlo spends some time and left. Like, who knows? The thing is with that lineup, it's so right-handed dominant. So when pitchers are going to face this lineup, it's like you're facing the same hitter over and over again. I see these pitchers. They build momentum against the Yankees. They get the judges, the Stantons, the Voits, the Sanchez's, these enormous right-handed hitters to just chase these little breaking balls right off the corner, hit them with the low strike, then go above, go above the letters, and they, they're striking out every single time. We need The Yankees need to do something with this lineup. As constructed, it is not going to cut it. If you want to win a World Series, if you want to just make the playoffs again, yeah, they'll make the playoffs. But the Yankee fans want to win a World Series this Lineup as constructed is way too right-handed dominant. And I love Clint Frazier. I love Clint Frazier. He looks really good so far. But another right-handed hitter. Can we get a lefty? Can we get a lefty? You're moaning about a contender. And that kind of pisses <laughs> me off. Um, I, I want to stay with the Yankees and get two contenders. Because that's kind of my second takeaway. And it, it's that contenders are built by depth. Of course, they have to have the star power at the front of the line. But... What Mike King did this weekend and what Zach McKinstry did this weekend in LA and what Yermin Mercedes did in Anaheim and Tucapita Marcano seeing time for the Padres. Ian Anderson had a great outing for Atlanta. It doesn't just happen with Judge and Voight and Giancarlo. It's got to happen with guys like Mike King, right? It's not just going to happen with Max Fried and Acuna and Albies and Freeman. You need Ian Anderson. Yeah. And the contenders are showing guys that can just show up and be that person, right? You remember when Kansas City brought, um, was it Brandon Finnegan or was it Kevin Finnegan? Brandon, Brandon Finnegan. Finnegan. Yeah. When they brought Brandon Finnegan into that bullpen in the 2015 World Series, like you need those types of guys. And Ian Anderson is a lot better than Brandon Finnegan was at that time. But your mean Mercedes, he, he fills the same exact role that Finnegan yeah. filled, right? Zach McKinstry could do the same exact thing. Everybody needs that one player that does one thing really well, and it seems like these teams are um, almost getting a jump start on figuring out who those people are. I'm, I'm still hung up on, on the right-handed dominant situation <laughs> with the Yankees. Did you listen to me? No. Astros are my next takeaway, and as much as it pains me to say, they looked so good. They're now 4-0. and They won all of their games against Oakland by at least four runs, three of them by seven. And it, this isn't a team where the Astros just beat down on the A's, and that's like a common thread within baseball. The A's took seven of ten from the Astros last year. And the Astros played so well, they hit 320 and slugged 565 with eight home runs and 12 doubles as a team. Zach Ricky looked completely in midseason form already. He had six shutout innings. And Lance McCullers also looked extremely good. He showed off his new slider, which he actually threw more than his fastball in terms of usage rate. After 
debuting the pitch basically for the first time. And he threw the pitch 34 times and had a 40% whiff rate on that pitch. They just looked so good. I was watching a lot of that series and it looked like the Houston Astros of old, which really scared me, really scared me. You know, what's scaring me from an Astros fan perspective, and I'm not an Astros fan, don't, don't get it twisted, but what scared me about Lance McCullers outing, yeah, that slider was good. Yeah, he was getting results. He was at 70 pitches through like two and a third. You know, I, I don't know if he has that efficient bone in his body, right? Because we've never really seen him be that efficient. We've seen the crazy breaking pitches. But if we ever said Lance McCullers can give me eight today, we've never really said that. But can can he give you six of really good pitching and enough to keep the Astros lineup in the game? Yeah, but then how do you get to Osuna? That's a good point. I mean, they have they have Ryan Presley. They have guys, but I I, I personally, because if you have Verlander coming back at some point, maybe before the playoffs, and then you have Zach Greinke and Lance McCullers, and you have Christian Javier and Jose Urquidy, Curdy, I think it's Urquidy, Urquidy. They they just have arms, and it was really I, I touched on McCullers just because that slider was so interesting, something that he hadn't debuted yet, but it's really the lineup that stuck out to me. I mean. They went from struggling in 2020 after everyone was blaming them for the cheating stuff, saying they can't come back to at least through the first four games, proving all of the haters wrong. But I mean, I I'm still a hater. I still don't like this team at all in terms of my personal preference, but the Astros are going to be a force in the AL in my opinion. Well, tell you what, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, I'm going to wrap the takeaways up with, Kind of an overarching theme, and and we hit on Otani. You hit on Julian Merriweather for a sec. Velo is king now more than ever. Shohei Otani, you know, getting above that 100 mile an hour threshold, hitting 101. Julian Merriweather sitting 99 in the bullpen. Emmanuel Classe in Cleveland, dude was pumping, 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 pumping. Jordan Hicks has an abbreviated arm swing. Have you seen that? He's got more of like an inverted W now, but he's still sitting above 100 miles an hour coming back from Tommy John. And then Hunter Green, I got the notification blast this morning. Hunter Green has hit 105 in a bullpen leading up to the what minor. What is going on? Velo's insane, and it's Velo? happening. It's, it's crazy to see what's going on. 105 miles an hour from yep. Hunter Green. The dude is... 21 yeah 21 two years younger than us that sucks that is so sad what are you doing with your life (laughs) yeah not throwing 105 so let's break into my favorite segment which is something i heard and this one is less funny more really interesting because i never heard about it at all before akaria which is a tiny island off the aegean sea which is near greece is known as a blue zone a special place where life expectancy is way higher than the rest of the world. What are we looking at? Jack, did you know that one in three people that live on this little island lived over 90 years old? What's the population? I don't know. But did you know know that compared to the United States, it's one in 20? So this place is years and years above us. And what they contributed to, it's very simple. Good weather, 
which is it's some of the most beautiful weather over in Greece. A stress-free lifestyle. It's basically a lot of people hanging around on an island. Clean food. No preservatives at all on the island. None at all. Their diet is based solely on fish, vegetables. Everything is cooked in olive oil. And they enjoy some local wine. And I just found that to be so interesting because I'm really into vitamins right now. And I'm one of those... I'm one of those douchebags who's always like, oh, you got to, you know, eat your vitamins, eat your vegetables, eat your fruits, and it'll make you feel better. And I kind of force it down people's throats in a way. It almost makes me seem cooler. It's like I'm yeah. the guy being healthy. Right. But I don't think I put those two, two together when I'm making fun of people. But the vitamins do really work. And I just, I've always found it so interesting to see life expectancy in that sort of, in that sort of vein that, it really all boils down to eating well and stress-free lifestyle with no preservatives. And that's something I heard. It just made me feel really good to hear, hey, if you just cut out all the shit, you can actually live to 100 pretty easily. Well, tell you what, um, I'm going to rain on your parade right now because I just Googled the population of Ikaria and it's 8,400 people. <laughs> so how low? Of still, what did three? Yeah, no, that's really impressive. I'll, I'll give those 8,400 people that, but I guarantee that you know 8,400 people on planet Earth. I promise you do. But this takes us um, into kind of closing with our ad pitch again, right? Yeah, because you said you're a huge vitamin guy. I'm a huge vitamin guy. And I know that apple cider vinegar gummies are <laughs> usually pitched as a sham. But let me tell you what, I feel so much better when I try my goalie gummies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, two a day, uh, I usually have them, you know, in that soft spot between lunch and dinner. I think if I put my flat hand behind it, it looks like I'm pitching a product. Uh, you know, I usually pop two in between lunch and dinner around that three, three thirty soft spot. And that tides me over to dinner with ease. Gummies. <laughs> and don't, don't forget, we can't just give it straight to goalie though. We got to have competitors, right? We got nature's bounty right here. The vitamin C. Perfect. You know, it's, it works. And then we got Walgreens. I don't know if Walgreens is even a brand that could sponsor us, but I'm, I'm using store. their zinc. I'm using their zinc right now. And it's, it's fantastic. Look at you. All right. Kick-ass vitamin, TikTok gambling man, Peter Apple. That was a, uh, that was a good first weekend recap. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This has been the Project to Play podcast. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.